Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson. Hey, what is going on, guys? First of all, I want to thank you all for being here. Um, gosh, it's been a crazy week just getting getting to California, you know, being being quarantined in that situation. My dad, you know, just getting back from the hospital from coronavirus. Um, I mean, yeah, the last week's been crazy. I did that one-mile swim, and then yesterday I did the one-mile buddy carry with my brother uh, without dropping him. Um and then, uh, yeah, it's been crazy. Today, I actually, so I was working out today, and it was just like three sets of upper body, like something real light, um, just with the workout plan I'm doing. And I was like, okay, it's a good plan. And uh, I get out there, and um, I get out there, and I'm like, you know what I feel like doing? I feel like squatting heavy today. Now, so I haven't squatted more than 300 pounds in the last year maybe over a year I have not put over 300 pounds on the bar I've done bands a little bit and stuff but I haven't done more than 300 pounds I've I've torn you know something in my knee I've torn my hip labrum um you know I've had just injury and and everything so I've been advised not to really do squats a lot but today I was like you know what screw it let's go for it and so I just got done with a fast I've been doing you know I did the mile carry uphill yesterday so just crazy stuff and and I get up to, I do 315 for five, relatively easy. And I was like, shoot, let's just put 405 on the bar. And uh, put 405 on the bar, got it for five. And I was like, dang. You know, my max ever was like three years ago at 425 for five. And so, yeah, I mean, so just crazy stuff, making a lot of gains. This quarantine has been, uh, as far as physical fitness, been very good to me. I know it's not the same for other people, but um, just been able to be really resourceful. Um, and yeah, it's been great. Um, before we get into today's guest and just, I'll give some of his accolades here in a second, but, uh, I would appreciate it guys. This is one of my most intelligent podcasts I've done. This one's going to be a lot of information, um, just because of the guest. It's not so much uh, sport or entertainment, but it's more information based. And there's some banter, um, you know, back and forth. Uh, Connor, our guest is actually a friend of mine. So, um, so we, you know, we, we talk back and forth, maybe some, a little bit of philosophy, a little bit of mindset. You're going to hear a little bit about how I think, um, because Connor and I are friends, there was a dialogue back and forth, not so much me asking questions. Uh, and it was good. It was great. It, it lasted an hour and 15 minutes and you know, the whole thing went, went really well. So I really enjoyed it. Um, but you know, let's, let's get into the guest. Actually, before we get into the guest, <clears throat> I would just ask if you guys enjoy this podcast, if you like it, please go, uh, leave a review, um, give it a five-star review. And if you really feel like it, you know, or a five-star rating, and if you really feel like it, leave a review. Also make sure you subscribe. So you're notified every time I get in or get a podcast going. And then, uh, I also have a YouTube channel called Christian Robertson, where I'll be doing a lot of the things that I'm talking about. So the one mile buddy carry, the one mile swim, some of the crazy workouts are all on my YouTube channel, some of them on my Instagram, but the more in-depth vlogs are on my YouTube channel. 
That's Christian Robertson. You can go check that out. My Instagram is Barbell Robertson. But if you like this podcast, guys, all I ask from you is if you get something out of it, just share it with one person. Just shoot them a text, send them the link, put it on your Instagram, whatever. If you do put it on your Instagram, make sure you tag me. Um, you know, so I can give you guys some recommendations. Maybe I'll start doing some shout outs or something once we get to a certain amount of listeners. But, um, but yeah, I, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this. This is a great podcast today that Connor and I get into just talking about, you know, proper steps to be taking during quarantine, proper mindset, um, certain things like that. Um, so yeah, Connor Harris guys, he is a certified strength and conditioning specialist performance specialist, personal trainer, and corrective exercise specialist. Um, more importantly than that, Connor and I are actually friends. He is, uh, well, I don't know if it's more important to him. It's more important to me. But um, him and I, we interned together for a couple terms um, at the Sports Performance Center at Oregon State. Connor has worked with numerous Division One athletes, numerous professional athletes, and we talk about that a little bit. He's worked with a lot of all, all-stars um, in within the sports world. He uh, he's just all around great guy. Uh, his social media has been blowing up. He's got almost eight thousand followers, and he's only had a social media account, uh, Instagram account, for like a year and a half. I think he said. So his information is just blowing up like crazy. Um, very valuable stuff. So I would encourage you guys to go check that out. And he tags it somewhere, and I'll I'll put a link for it in the description below. But um, but yeah, Connor is a great friend of mine, great buddy, and. Um, I saw him doing a workout a couple months ago, and I shot him a text, and I said, hey, man, I want you to be my personal trainer when I move up to Portland and start fighting. And so <clears throat> so he's uh, he's my personal trainer. But, um, yeah, guys, without, uh, without further ado, I know normally Mondays are for me and Gus, but our schedules didn't work out this week, so this is going to be the Monday podcast. So without further ado, guys, Connor Harris. Hey. What's going on, buddy? Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good man, my back is just tight from sitting all day. Oh gosh. Oh, I heard that one. That sounded nice. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it's just like in the spot where you need it, you know. Oh yeah, oh. that's the best when you pop it and you're just like, oh, I did it. Yeah, it's like ecstasy, man. Just like, oh, pure euphoria. I don't know anything about ecstasy, but I'm sure you're quite the quite I'm, the confidant with all that. Unfortunately, not. Maybe one day. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> how you been, man? What have you been sitting down doing? Just doing podcasts uh, and stuff. Yeah, bro. I've been just recording so much stuff. Um, I've I did a conference thing today. I I've uh, been calling like I have online clients, so that keeps me going. But nice. for the most part, man, like it's nice to be busy with stuff, but at yeah. the same time. Just to be like in this room all the time is just like you know it gets old without being able to go and like train people in person or sure. uh, like just fucking sorry for swearing. Uh, oh, you're good. Just like you know being outside with yeah. friends. You know? Yeah, it's definitely yeah it's definitely a weird time. But um, dude, you're first of all I want to say like your stuff was blowing up before like all this started. So has it continued? I haven't looked. Um, at your Instagram lately, but I'm sure it just continues to go like, cause I remember when we were, when you were still at Oregon state, it was at like, what, like 2000 maybe. And then now uh, it's like close to eight, right? Yeah. I actually didn't even start it until like a year and some change ago. Oh shoot. Okay. Yeah. So I'm mistaken. Yeah. So like, it's really new, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's going well, uh, it's a funnel, right? Like it's just the whole point. The only reason I have it is so I can 
you know, put out, you know, free information. So people hopefully are attracted to working with me and buying the things I put out. It's just a funnel. That's really all it is, but it's also a medium to connect with people and build a network too. So it's really good for that. But at the same time, it gets to the point where it's like, wow, I spent six hours on social media today. I need to like calm down. I need to chill, you know? Yeah. No, I feel it. I've been, I mean, I've been hitting it crazy too. I mean, I'm nowhere near where you're at yet, but just with like all the content and stuff I'm putting out and the videos and it's, it's crazy. It's like, it's almost more stressful now that we don't have responsibilities because we're like, we're still yeah. like, I don't like people are like, bro, you got to watch this show. It's like, or like, you got to do this. And I'm like, dude, I'm so busy. Like, I can't, what are you talking about? Like, how do you have time on your hands? Like, I don't understand it. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just the, that's the burden of being a content creator. It doesn't really go away, you know? How's it going with your stuff, by the way? It's going good. I mean, it's super, it's, it's kind of frustrating. Your production I, value looks higher. Yeah, it's getting better. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, I started and I didn't start off with any type of platform. I didn't start off with any type of skills and media or, you know, anything like that. So I've just been last year, like learning everything on the fly, watching videos and, you know, figuring out how to edit and, you know, I, I, Obviously, I feel like I could be doing a lot better had like somebody come along and be like, hey, we want you to, you know, start a YouTube channel. We'll take care of all the production and everything like that. I'm like, you know, we just want you to be, you know, the content provider. Be like, oh, sweet. Yeah. But knowing how to do that stuff on my own and learning it and understanding it, you know, has been awesome. Like I just did my brother's, um, you know, the co- like D1 coaches and stuff. They want to see like videos and everything. And I just did like a little highlight clip for my bro. Um, like of workouts and stuff use? like that. Do you use Adobe Premiere? No, I'm still doing iMovie. I'm I'm about to upgrade for yeah, I'm about to upgrade wow. to iMovie's intense actually. Yeah. So I like I, you can do a lot with it. You can, but I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I need to I need to move mm-hmm. forward, you know. Um it's just I think I'm gonna get Final Cut Pro um, uh, okay. next. Because that's, that's like one. a one time payment of three hundred. Uh it's just little by little buying the things I need, you know, like I got the camera and the microphone and then, you know, the computer, I just bought the computer. So, uh, I might send out some graduation invites and, uh, and get some money and then purchase that. So, so yeah, I'm starting to exhaust that resource. There's some things like, you know, before I was like, this is great. Like, I don't know how I'll ever learn how to use it. Um, and now I'm like, dude, I, I need a, I need an upgrade. Like I can't do what I want with, with the channel. So, but um, well, I appreciate you What's saying. What's your overarching goal with it? Like, where do you wanna, where do you wanna take it in terms of like, in a perfect world, what would it look like a year from now? Yeah. Uh, well, I set my goal a couple episodes ago um, that I want to have by the end of this year, I want to have a hundred thousand subscribers and then twenty five thousand listeners on my podcast, which I Hell think yeah. I think is a hundred percent doable. I think I, I mean, for one, sure. One, I know I put in the work. Like that's the thing. Like I know nobody works harder than me. Like if I don't have the skill to do it, I'm gonna figure it out, you know. And I'll provide the content. Like, you know, I've been doing like crazy workouts and stuff like that. Um, I just did a today. I did a one mile buddy carry with my brother, who's oh my gosh, all all <laughs> uphill. Who's he's 220 pounds. I didn't drop him one time. You're crazy, dude. Yeah. So, um, so just like I know, like. I have the skills and abilities and if I don't like I can pick them up, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time. It's honestly, it's been frustrating. That's a big reason I want to talk to you because your stuff's been, you know, obviously you probably want to be, you know, 50,000 followers deep right now or like a hundred thousand or a million. But regardless, like you're making very good progress. And you know, when, once you get a hundred, it's a lot easier to get the next hundred and then the next yeah. hundred almost, you know, come, it comes like quicker. It just, it's like 10 times easier with everything. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I think, um, I think someone told me something once that was really valuable and helped change my perspective and really helped me feel like, okay with everything in the sense that like you want people who are there to support you. Like you want people that are there like in your corner cause you're going to have people that aren't. And for every 10, you know, crappy, not very active people you get following you uh, one person that does do that is worth obviously way more and that's kind of a cliche and it's true but it's way better to have like 500 super like loyal into you uh, mm-hmm. people that follow your stuff than 6,000 who don't yeah so I mean like I think that I don't know if I'll ever get to like 100k I don't know like people I don't know anyone in my field that has yeah um, like the most yeah popular person in my field has like 50k uh on on twitter at least Uh, and that's the medium i use more just because it's less saturated Mm -hmm. everything's on instagram these days instagram's flashy it's sexy but like i don't feel that i don't feel that it's it's as easy to break into so i try to branch out as much as i can and i find that really that really helps so um, i really try to like care less about my follower count and more about like how many people I'm interacting with on a daily basis. Yeah. I find that is like my true measure of success, at least financially, at least in terms of like how much I bring in. Sure. And, and I didn't really answer your question, honestly, when you asked, and, and I want to ask you a question in a second, but, uh, sure. the, the, the end goal is, is the, the same goal that I have right now and the same thing I'm doing. And that's just to impact people, you know, and to impact mm-hmm. lives, especially as a Christian, you know, I want to motivate and inspire and uh, point people to truth. Um, and if I feel called to do it through YouTube or podcasting or fighting, uh, those are three things I love, then I'm going to do it. And so, mm-hmm. but um, explain real quick for just, just kind of a synopsis for people listening. What is your field? Because you just said, you know, 50,000. Just explain your field a little bit mm-hmm. and we'll get into that a little bit more. You can cut this out, but I just realized I'm drinking a beer on this. <laughs> I did. I don't, <laughs> I had Colby Covington on here a few weeks ago. So, okay. All right. And he's talking. Right. I and just he's, don't know what the. He, he was talking about how, like, I'm literally, like, sitting here listening. I'm like, okay, when's he going to say something? That I, and he's, like, F-bombing guys that he doesn't like. And then I'm like, yeah, okay, man. that's pretty bad. <laughs> a lot of my listeners are Christians. But, man, okay, I'll put the big E. And then he's like. He says something. He's like, "Man, the only time you need to be angry is in the bedroom when you're giving it to a woman." <laughs> I was like, "Oh wow. no!" I was like, "Thanks, Colby." Oh, oh man, I love people like that. They're just so full of energy and just, um, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, but good. Okay, I just—you never know with these, things. dude. I—I'm um, gonna have the people I want on, and they can do what they want. So. I'm not going to be drinking any beers on my podcast, but I do not care one bit if you do. It's Saturday night. I need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. But anyway, my field. Um, I am. I guess I would classify myself in the field of strength and conditioning. Okay. Um, really like. 
there's a fine line between what makes a personal trainer and a strength coach in real life. Like I think you're a strength coach if you work with a team, uh, athletes on a regular basis, or you are like a private facility, which, you know, that's your primary demographic. But for me, uh, I work with both general population and athletes. So I don't know, am I a personal trainer? I don't, it doesn't really matter. I don't really care. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that, uh, my field is more geared towards less like general fitness tips and like, uh, you know, like posting daily workouts and more like, um, more like going into the biomechanics of the human body, more like thinking about, I just like, I'm a nerd. So I geek out on like the processes of behind things like the neurology, um, like motor learning, things like that. And I think it, it keeps me motivated because I'm always still learning. And then I share that information with, you know, the rest of the world and, uh, hopefully people like it. Some people will, some people don't. Uh, but at the end of the day, I found that the whole, um, typical fitness, uh, social media was very saturated. So I had to find a different way to break in and find a way to, you know, say something unique, but also not outlandish. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I found that niche with what I talk about. And, um, it really, I was just so lucky at Oregon state. I just fell into the right internships at the right time and I met the right people. If I didn't do that, clearly I wouldn't be. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I, I didn't do that. I probably wouldn't be here. And, uh, it's just, it was a lot of luck really. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. What, what kinds of things are you still in school by the way? Are you doing school? No, no? I've been out of school since two years now, since you left here. So you just, mm -hmm. okay. So you're not going for your, or your master's or anything like that. No, I thought about my master's, but I'm not going to make, um, the amount of income because I'm going to have my own business. Like that's where sure. I'm at right now. Yeah. So uh, it makes no difference for me to have my master's. I can just keep reading the same books. Master's students would read and, you know, I can learn the same material, but not yeah. pay 80 grand to do it. Yeah. Not going to debt, doing it too. That's a, that's a thing I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, fit. Do you know who he's up in your area? Um, Chris Duffin. Yeah, he actually had a job opening at his facility lately. Really? Yeah, he did. He was hiring a strength coach, but it was super competitive. Um, I didn't even get past the first round. So, I, I wow. mean, like, not that, not as if, like, I'm some baller who should, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, it was a highly competitive thing. It was, yeah, uh, sure. There were some big time names. Um, that but trying. it's a big time gym, man. Chris yeah. Duffin's a big time Ka dude. Kabuki strength. But he, I mean, he's got a PhD level understanding of what he does, and he doesn't even have. I think he's got a bachelor's and that's about it. And yeah. And you really, I think, I think that's kind of going away within the fitness world of, you know, it's more about experience and results than it is about classroom learning. At least from what I've seen and from what I would value as far as that. And I'll tell you what, uh, you were, what were you, were you kinesiology? I was kinesiology for a little bit and I had to switch. Um, so I actually failed chemistry and that set me to a point where, and it was a gonna, it was inevitable anyway, because when I transferred over, my credits didn't come in, and so I was, I had to take once I failed, I had to take like twenty five credits in the summer just to stay kin, and I was mm. like, dude, I want to be eligible for wrestling, and I can't do twenty five credits in the summer, so that's ridiculous. Yeah, I switched it, and um, you know, I had an easier time going through school, and I got my degree, and you know, I, I'm doing what I like to do, so. There you go. Yeah, well, you at least took a couple classes. So you understand where sure. I'm coming from, what yeah. I'm about to say, that when it comes to what I learned in college, in terms of strict classroom information, like, it was, I hate to say this, 
but it was kind of a joke in terms of the amount of money that was invested for the amount of knowledge I gained. I could have read those textbooks and just been, you know, like if I were to read them today, mm-hmm. granted I'm older and, you know, more well-versed in reading things now and like mm-hmm. studying the information, but if I were to just read those books today and just synthesize the information myself, I would not only probably have learned more cause I would have had to do it on my own, mm-hmm. but also like the amount I took out just because of the whole like memorize, hope you can do it tomorrow. Uh, then after that you just have no reason to remember it. So you forget. So I think I use like, even if I remembered most things, I feel like I wouldn't use more than 20% of the information in real life that I learned. A lot of it wasn't very useful. Yeah. Uh, the most useful thing that in college was the connections that I formed and the internships that I had. That was really it. But um, also that brings me out to my other point of when it comes to when it comes to like the whole education thing, like the master's degree, I don't feel like I need it because people usually get a master's degree because they're either like hungry for information. They want to learn. They genuinely want to learn or they want more letters behind their name so that they get a better paycheck, which is completely respectable. I get that. Um, But I don't feel like I need more letters behind my name because I, it's not going to benefit me. And I think I can build credibility by just consistently putting out good things with uh, content, with videos, with, with uh, presentations, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, and and I don't know if you, you know, I asked you to be on the podcast, but the name of it is actually it's all about who you know, and a big mm. reason is because of why what what you said. Um, it's more about who you know than what you know when it comes to yeah. school. I mean, I have not retained hardly anything from school, but I have so many amazing connections, and most ninety five percent of what I learned in those five years was not in the classroom; it was actually my own studying because. I don't think the school system is very great as far as how they, you know, first of all, they give you so much workload. I mean, one class is enough to, you know, fill an entire term. So it forces students to feel overwhelmed and not have to, Mm -hmm. you know, they go to ulterior means to getting their work done, whether it's cheating, whether it's, you know, slogging through it or not even doing it, period. And, and I feel like it's, it's just not, it's not intelligent in my opinion. I feel like it'd be so much better instead of having 50 questions, have 10 questions and, you know, and get it done in class as, as opposed to having 50 questions that kids are rushed for time. They're not going to learn it. They're overwhelmed and then they're going to cheat on it anyway, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And I think that's a real miss. And I like what you said too, as far as not getting your, uh, not going for your master's and that's something that's kind of going away in some areas, but in other areas it's not. But yeah. everybody complains like, oh, school isn't, you know, you know, it's not what it's all cracked up to be or it's not as helpful or I didn't really need to do it. It's like, well, why don't you just bite the bullet and not do it and show people that you don't need it exactly to that extent and that you can do this job without it. Obviously, you might have a few more hurdles you have to jump through. But that's going to set up your kids, the next generation, and just setting the culture to, hey, the most experienced person is going to get this job, not the person that went through four years of BS, you know? Yeah, yeah. And really what it comes down to, at least when I talk to people that are really good at what they do, they don't have the master's degree. They're just really successful. Mm -hmm. They're just really passionate about what they do. And yeah, again, another cliche, but really like you understand this with what you do with your material and how you create content and how you are chasing what you want to do. Like it doesn't feel like work all the time. 
sometimes very rarely is what I do work to me. It's, yeah. uh, I probably spend like in terms of me pursuing financial gain in one direct or indirect way, I would probably say I work 60 hours a week mm-hmm. and this is during coronavirus time. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm constantly doing things yep. always, but at the same time, it's, um, you know, it's a gift and a curse because it, it can inhibit other areas of your life. Like I don't, yep. um, you know, I, I probably don't have a good work life balance, mm-hmm. but I don't need one cause I don't really care yeah. because I think at the end of the day, it's like how you feel. Mm-hmm. And if you're happy with who you are, then why would you need to change what you're doing as long as you're not yeah. affecting other people in a negative way? So, um, I think for me, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, like it's not work and it, it's out of passion. And that's what I think makes what I do, um, at least valuable to some people because, like for example, I tweet out a thread every single day just of something that I'm I learned, and it was like I'm trying to synthesize the information so that I can explain it to other people because the best way to learn something is to teach it. Mm-hmm. So if I have to tell twelve thousand people what this is and you know put my neck out there and my like because if you say something wrong, you're gonna get assassinated on Twitter. Yeah. So you've got <laughs> to make sure that <laughs> you have to make sure that it's good. So it's a good way for me to, you know, teach myself something and also talk about something I'm passionate about. Yeah. No, it's crazy. You said it's it's funny how you you rarely get the love comments. Like people that like you, they won't really say much, but people that hate you or, or diss you, they're like they're willing to, you know, sit at their keyboard and say whatever they want. It's just like, come on. I remember I posted that swim video and uh, I posted it to Reddit a couple times and some people were like, I had two comments. Oh, Reddit's the worst. Oh, it's horrible. I posted something it's to worse a, than Twitter. I posted something to a Christian site there and people were like coming at me. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. Oh I was like, God. what? And, and I don't respond. I want to, but I see it and I'm like, Ugh. but one What's guy the- was like, yeah, that, that wetsuit must've made it toasty or something. I was like, bro, I was oh. in the Oregon coast. Yeah. <laughs> like real toasty. Uh, People that, just like look to poke holes in things. Like oh. you were just trying to share an experience with someone, and they have to say something like that. Like what? Yeah. What is that? Like why would you do that? Well, one, you know, one thing I said about it too was, you know, my dad just uh, got out of the hospital. He had he actually had coronavirus and lost like oh a bunch God. of weight, and you know, could have died. And so I just felt like, you know, some of these workouts I've been doing, you know, a lot of them require zero weight, and they're, I mean, they're hard as shit. Like it's like, yeah. I mean. And so like, I was just like, and I and not started the hashtag, but I've been using this hashtag like suffer together. Um, just because like, you know, you look at like wrestling teams or just teams in general, or, you know, seal teams in, in the military, like those are the strongest bonds people form. And it's cause mm-hmm. they go through like some of the hardest things together. And, you know, yeah. you see like in marriage, like when a couple can overcome like a, a loss of a child or, or some type of hurdle, that's just one that came to mind. Cause I actually have a friend who's uh, marriage went through that, but something like that, those are the strongest bonds. Cause it's like, nothing's going to break this. If this didn't break it, yeah. this little thing's not going to break it. And so yeah. like suffering together, just like, I don't feel like the rest of the world should be suffering and me just like sitting at home. So I'm going to, I'm going to do some crazy, stupid workouts to try to get a glimpse of, obviously not going to even be close to what people are going through. But just to try to like people were doing the ten push up challenge and that really pissed me off because that's not a challenge at all. It's funny. And and so I was like, this is stupid. Like I'm gonna do something hard. And yeah. so yeah. But um crap, you said something and I forgot where I was. Yeah. 
anyway, yeah. but yeah, that's kind of my thoughts there as far as that goes. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's very well said, and it's it's very true too. You don't see too many like really. Um, Honestly, you don't see too many like really charismatic people, really like just, you know, people that everyone likes to be around. Usually those people have been through something mm. and they have a story to share and mm. that's what makes them interesting in my yeah. experience. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's so true. It's just like, it's the people, it's sometimes like you wouldn't expect it either because you're like, why are you so nice and fun loving? But yeah. you know, you've gone through some hard things. So, I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, it's fun, but it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird, like, uh, give and take. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So, the, um, you know, you're saying it not work. I I completely understand that as far as, like, you know, like, you're very passionate about, like, fitness and everything, and, and you're, uh, you're studying and stuff, I, and you put in, like, 60 hours a week. Is it hard for you to take a rest day? Yeah, it really is. And I think it's, I think it's unhealthy. Um, I really do because I feel like I should be able to turn off a light switch if I need to. And the fact that I can't is indicative of a bigger problem. So that's probably just me being attached to the idea of being someone and, you know, trying to pursue my goals too hard. Mm. Um, and I think that that's just what happens. Like I feel it when, you know, you have, God, I hate talking about this. Um, when you have people that tell you you're good at something, it's it feeds your ego. Mm-hmm. And even if it's just like a couple hundred people, it yep. still does. So I can see how people that have very large followings could be total douchebags. Yeah. So I try to recognize that, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, but because I'm so, you know, driven to get better. Uh, I find that it's very hard for me to turn off that light switch of working. So while I will never have a true good work-life balance, and that's fine with me, I should still be able to uh, relax during coronavirus of all things and enjoy myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, without thinking about the next thing I need to do for my career or for uh, my client tomorrow or things like that. And that's not the case all the time, but I find myself thinking about it more and more the deeper I get into it. So, yeah, no, I, I, I completely like, I, I can relate to that. Like the other day I tried to, I was like, okay, I'm, you know, obviously trying to promote the channel, trying to edit, trying to do all this stuff. I was like, okay. And, and you know, I've been posting a lot more on social media. I'm trying to win. Um, have you heard of first form? Uh, I've supplement heard company. of that. Okay. Yeah. Big supplement company. They do an athlete search every year. So I'm trying to win their athlete search as well. So that's a little bit of a motivating factor behind all this stuff. And so I've been a lot more active on social media and everything, but, um, and you know, just trying to publicize, but I tried to take an off day the other day. I was like, okay, no social media today, dude, I couldn't do it. Like I, and it's not yeah. like I'm obsessed with like looking at other people's social media. I'm obsessed with editing i'm obsessed with making the best video i can i'm obsessed with like providing value to other people like those things and and i just like it was hard to stay away like it was so hard yeah i think um i can only speak for myself but i think it's a it's a it's an inability to 
um, remain grounded in what's going on around you and like the present moment, so to speak. It's mm-hmm. an it's an inability to like be happy with the circumstances that are going on within, you know, what's going on right now. This coronavirus thing is boring. I don't want to, you know, be in reality right now. So I go and I wander off to La La Land on mm-hmm. social media where I can be someone. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's I think that's what it is for me personally. But um I think also it's, you know, it's, it's a mix of that, just loving what we do. And I think it's a symptom of, you know, like, I think these things go hand in hand. It's hard to separate them sometimes. I think there's pros and cons to everything. Um, but ultimately all we can do is be aware of it and try to not let it affect us that much and just be balanced. Yeah. What kinds of things are you doing just for like, as far as lifting and stuff, do you have access to a gym or? Are you? I have a well. <laughs> I have a barbell that I bought. I think I bought literally the last barbell in any fitness equipment store in Portland. <laughs> literally, I went to all of them, every single one. I spent nine hours. Where'd you end day. up getting it? Give them a shout out. Oh my gosh, I cannot remember the name of it. Oh no, they're um, probably they're probably the least worthy of a shout out because they were the last ones to have a barbell. Yeah. <laughs> so it's either they're the whole, the worst or they just had such a big stock. Yeah. Um, gosh, I can't remember. Fitness something Portland. Um, fitness supply. I don't fitness know. Fitness something but... Portland. Shout them out. Go go check yeah. them out. Yeah. Like they they sold me this barbell for two hundred and fifty dollars used. Oh no. Decent condition, but Dude, like you, you can should... buy a brand new, amazing Olympic barbell for three hundred dollars. And oh, that's I've got like... a I've got a rogue bar right out here that I bought for two fifty five. It's the best bar. Yeah. It's so good for Olympic weightlifting. It's great for powerlifting and whatever you want to do. Like I've I've had that bar, we've had it for five, six years now, and it has held up like it's I mean it's crazy. You could put nine nine ten or not 10 hundred you put 900 pounds a thousand pounds on it and it would just it would whip it'd be great yeah it's beautiful and that was you know 250 whatever 255 you said uh yeah i mean it was it, i mean it was five six years ago so that bar is probably about a three or four hundred dollar bar now i think their bar oh, prices have gone up but yeah still but yeah i have this barbell i have some really crappy 45 pound plates and that's pretty much it. Nice. But it's hard. Like you can only do so much. Like yeah. I have a bench too, but I can't. You have you ever tried to get two twenty five on your on your chest uh, from like a seated position with the bar on your hips? It's impossible. <laughs> you have to. You'd people have people to do. clean it up and then stay sit. Oh, that would yeah. Be, yeah. I mean, I, I can, did. I did walk my brother a mile, but you know, it is. Yeah. There you go. You could probably do it. <laughs> I, I. I'm. Well, yeah. I'm a bigger guy, but um. Yeah. It's, it's just hard. It's like so, I do floor presses. Yeah. It's crazy because like, and I was talking to, uh, I was talking to my, my roommate, my old roommate, um, about this the other day, I was talking to my brother about this. And I was like, you know, there's going to be some starting lineups that look a lot different than what they penciled in before all this started, you know, because yeah. like, this is the, and I even, there's a podcast coming out, um, tomorrow for us, which is Easter Sunday. And I talk about this, but like the ability to be resourceful in this time is going to be like invaluable mm-hmm. like guys that are able and willing to get in the gym because most guys a lot of guys in my experience you know they work out because they have to work out and they excel because they have to work out and so when that's not like put on them i feel like it's a great equalizer and like 
there's going to be some guys that make some starting lineups or All-American, win national titles, and, and girls too. I'm saying guys as a generalization, but that were not expected to, predicted to, because they were the ones that were resourceful and got after it and determined. And I, I really do think this is an amazing opportunity to level the playing field for the people that want it the most. Yeah, I think um, I think this situation is inherently stressful. Like even if we don't feel it, I mm-hmm. think like we're thrown out of our routines and like that stress on the body, mm-hmm. like our nervous system doesn't like that, our brain doesn't like that. Sure. So when you put yourself in an entirely new circumstance, like you're inherently, for lack of a better term, you're going to be releasing hormones that are going to be detrimental to your performance. So in a sense, this is either going to break people if they're unable to train effectively or they're letting this life circumstance get to them, but the, for the people that can adapt to this situation and actually use it as a means to recover more because there's no life obligations that are uh, encouraging that bad stress because really like stress is like a bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only hold so much before you overspill and then you're overtraining and then you're not recovering. So if you can use all this free time to train more, so you can use all this free time to recover more, then I think that is ultimately going to be the separator during this time because really like you can either let this time add to your stress, you can let it take away from stress out of that bucket. Yeah. I, I've been wondering this too because, you know, obviously like I train a little differently, but we're fortunate enough. We have, I mean, I, I trained out of my garage in high school, you know, like I, we have all the equipment. We've built it up over the years. My dad bought it when he was a little older than I am now. Um, so we, you know, we have a bunch of stuff that's held up over the years. So I can, you know, we're, we can do what we want. But can somebody that doesn't have equipment or doesn't have anything, can they be resourceful? And you're a better person to answer this. But like, let's say a bodybuilder or a crossfitter or a powerlifter, can they get better at their given field in this time? Or do they have to get better at something else? That's a really good question. It all depends on what equipment they have available to them. I think that if... I don't know if Home Depot is open for like anyone right now, but I'm it, sure it, in some I states. To, I went to Lowe's the other day, and California, I'm pretty sure, is the the most uh, conservative right now towards this. So, okay, well, I know that for a fact, every fitness supply store in the country is probably picked clean by now. So that's yeah. a pipe dream. But in terms of like going to Home Depot, finding sandbags. You can buy, or at least like two mm-hmm. months ago, before yeah. this whole thing started, three months ago, I bought 25 pound sandbags for $3 each. And you stack enough of those into some container. Yeah. I think you can, you're certainly not going to get, you know, you're not going to be training in the 75 plus range, but you can get enough weight to where you're doing something with yeah. like, even if it's unilateral, you know, like yeah. you can really certainly keep your gains. And I think it's a great time to train isometrics. I think it's a great time to train eccentrics. Mm. And I am like for my online clients, especially the ones that are athletes, we're hammering isometrics right now because the more that I read into isometrics, the more I realize way more really good sports teams, way more really good fighters, way more really good athletes in general do more isometrics than a lot of people could even imagine. So I think it's an, it's an essential part of performance that often goes overlooked. Mm -hmm. And, uh, obviously not everyone that's a great athlete ever is doing isometrics. I'm just saying it is, uh, 
definitely an underrated quality and it's an opportunity to train this and it's also an opportunity for these power lifters for these people that lift really heavy weights strength athletes to use this time to use a lighter load and reinforce really good positioning like if you're you know your squat form is you know not ideal if your deadlift form your your split squat form isn't quite what you want it to be then you can absolutely hammer higher reps with lower loads and then have the fatiguing part be trying to keep good position i mean this applies more to like field mm -hmm. uh athletes and like fighters but yeah. you know for a powerlifter they probably care less about this but you know if i'm training an athlete i want to reinforce perfect position because if i'm training them and i'm not having them have perfect position when they're fatigued then i'm just training them to compensate when they're fatigued Sure. So why would I want to reinforce that? I think the real struggle in terms of when, rep, when, when the reps get heavy, even with light loads, like the hard part, the mentally challenging part is keeping perfect form while grinding through those reps. Yeah, you're probably going to be done sooner, but you're going to be reinforcing way better patterns than if you were just like, I don't know, have terrible form and just get another four reps. So what did you just do? Yeah. You just made yourself worse. Yeah. Now I know what you're talking about, but I think there's a lot of listeners that don't, but can you explain isometric and eccentric just for people in a, in a nutshell? Absolutely. So when you here, let's think about a, uh, a jump, a jump's a really good example of this, a plyometric activity where you are like explosive. So when you jump, you have to utilize something called the stretch shortening cycle, which is essentially you um, going into a rapid muscle lengthening. So when I when I uh, cock down in a jump just before I explode off the ground, that little dip is going to be the eccentric movement. We have muscles lengthening. Some muscles are shortening, but they're not really contracting. You're kind of going with gravity. Um, you have very few muscles contracting. You have more of your prime movers, more of your explosive muscles like your glutes and your hamstrings lengthening out as you drop into uh, that counter movement portion of a jump when you're dropping. So those muscles are going to be rapidly stretched. And then you have certain um, certain signals that go on within your muscle that sense this stretch. And then you have a very, very, very brief period of a total pause. And then that is the phase where you switch to concentric muscle activity, where you push through the ground, you lengthen out and you push the floor away and you're explosive. But that little, that little tiny period of isometric is extremely important because your tendons are acting in a way, uh, the things that hold your muscles to bones, those are stretching and those are the things that are responsible for how much force you can ultimately output when your muscle is the limiting factor in a stretch shortening cycle, you want strong tendons. You want you want to be springy. You don't want you don't really care about strength. You want to be springy more than anything else. So if you want to be explosive, think about your tendons. And to train your tendons, isometrics are a really good way to do that. You could get in something like a split squat position and just hold the bottom of it for anywhere between five to forty-five seconds. Uh, usually I do about 15 seconds, 15 to 25, somewhere in there. Um, but you can go anywhere in that range. Now, what's the term? Uh, what's the term when you're doing slower reps? Slower is eccentric. That would be like a okay. five second lowering into the bottom of a squat, for example. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, it's just a really. Uh, <sighs> It's a it's a really challenging time. I was looking into uh, blood flow restriction. That's good stuff. I, I feel like, and I, I want to get your opinion on it because 
you know, I'm the type of guy I'll try just about anything. You know, I, I, I haven't studied as much. And obviously we, you know, discussed earlier how I left kinesiology. So as far as the studying goes, you definitely have a leg up as far as the experience, you probably have a leg up. Um, so I'll, I'll mainly try something and see if it works. You know, I've done powerlifting, bodybuilding, not competitively, but CrossFit, all of it. And I've kind of Bruce Lee almost like taken what I like and integrated it. Um, which I personally, I think as far as me as an athlete, like what I want to do, I think it's worked great and I love it. But, um, but yeah, blood flow is something I want to get your opinion on just personally, because, you know, like you said, you can't do your 75 to 80% range where most gains are made, um, that a lot of people use, but blood flow has been something that, um, for anybody that's listening that doesn't know, you cut off the restriction at the at the top of the muscle. So if you're doing your arms, you'd go right where the right where the bicep, the tricep meet the shoulder. Mm-hmm. If you're doing your legs, if you want to build your quads, like right where it meets the hip, and so on and so forth, you get the idea. Um, and you cut it off, and that allows you to do about twenty to forty and get the same gains that you would in less time with less weight. Right. The idea behind it, and I'm not an expert in blood flow. In fact, I know really not a ton relative to other things, but I do know that I was not a believer in it first, but there's a lot more science now that shows that, yeah, it's actually probably a legit thing. Um, cause it just seemed like another one of those gimmicky things, yeah. you know, but it's turns out it's not, it's actually kind of legit. So, legit. um, it's not like night and day, but it's significant to the point where you might want to consider it. And the idea is that because you're cutting off the blood flow, you are increasing the amount of muscle damage you're doing by increasing the amount of like localized like metabolites that build up. Uh, so when you like break down a muscle through a set of bicep curls, you're you know slowly accumulating these little metabolites within your muscle and bloodstream, uh, localized within the muscle, and then this increases the rate of that. So you can get a much bigger response by cutting off the flow of fresh oxygen to shut those metabolites out. So essentially, you're just increasing the amount of demand on that muscle by not delivering as much fresh oxygen. So the metabolite uh, buildup is bigger. Therefore, you're breaking down your muscle more. So you're getting more of a response. But as far as I'm aware, and I could be wrong about this, very well could be wrong, it is really mainly like a high hypertrophy adaptation Mm. you're not going to want to do this for strength training if you want to get stronger not your best strategy but if you want to get bigger absolutely the only thing is i don't work with a lot of people who want to get bigger i work with like weight class people yeah weight class athletes uh and athletes like a like a wide receiver who don't want to get who don't want to gain weight yeah so i don't use hypertrophy uh methodologies too much but if i were to uh, then this is a strategy I've used, utilized in the past with success. But honestly, I haven't done it more than, you know, probably a lot of other people have. Sure. Yeah, I feel like it's almost, well, I got my door open. There's a bunch of dogs barking. Yeah. Sorry. I thought that uh, was outside my window. <laughs> now, I just, disclaimer, if it looks like I'm in my parents' basement, I'm not. I'm in their garage. So let's just get that. Let's just keep that clear. <laughs> um, no, I feel like, uh, especially with, well, first of all, what type of athletes do you work with? What so that's a good question. So I've worked with everyone under the sun. I mean, obviously I'm still young, so it's not like I'm some, you know, like trainer guru who's worked with everyone, but I've worked with every type of athlete I can imagine. Um, I've worked, uh, because I went down to Exos in, in Phoenix, I worked with Olympic traffic track athletes. I worked with NFL players, NBA players, NHL players. 
um, semi-pro players, um, like the Swiss hockey team players. Um, I've worked with, you know, a bunch of youth athletes in North Carolina. I was, uh, basically in charge of starting up a strength and conditioning program at a, at a local high school. So I've worked with a lot of high school athletes and obviously I've worked with a ton of college athletes, um, over here in Oregon. That's, you know, who I've primarily have been working with um over in exos we had a ton of college athletes that's probably our biggest population in fact and obviously at oregon state um for a year and a half all i did was work with college athletes Mm -hmm. so that was uh i really do feel like and also in north carolina i was working three hours a day with no one but people over the age of 50. so i mean i really do know how the human body tends to work in a lot of different populations And what's interesting, this might be a tangent, but everyone kind of needs the same things. There are very, you would be amazed at the similarities in terms of like what we need to do with an 85 year old grandma with a walker and a sprinter. That's like trying to make, um, what was it? Like Brazil, was that the last summer Olympics? Yeah, Brazil 2016. Yeah. I believe, no, Rio, Rio, yeah. Yeah. That's right. There's a lot of similarities because the human body, like we're different, but we're not that different. Yeah. The foundation is like the same. To, we're, we still have four limbs. We still have our organs packed one way, our brains wired a certain way. So we kind of tend to compensate similarly. Wow. Wow. Um, okay. So back to the BFR. Uh, yeah. I feel like it'd be more like a, like a passion project if you're working with like an athlete on blood flow restrictions. Like, eh, like for me yeah. personally, like I've got small arms. And like, it's not crazy disproportional anymore, but I would like to have bigger arms. And so like, mm-hmm. I'll do blood flow restriction or I'll work a little bit on the, you know, it on, you know, my arms or whatever. It has nothing to do with my athletic performance. It's 100% aesthetic based. Yeah. Um, the thing with, the thing with that is like, and you're, you know, this and you're, it bums people out, but that's so genetic in terms of how, like what muscles you can get big and what, what muscles you can't like me. I can't build my delts. Can't do it. It's not never going to happen. I've tried real hard, tried Mm -hmm. real hard. Um, and I just gave up on it, uh, because not that I don't train delts, but like, I just gave up on trying to grow them so aggressively because I just like my genetics aren't ready for it. Like, like they're not, I don't have them. Um, and people have pros and cons like to you, you're a big dude. Your, your genetics are to be strong as hell. So that's what you're really good at. Mm -hmm. Um, but like a side effect of that for your genetics is like you can't get 20 inch arms. But, you know, yeah. uh, I'd rather be way stronger than have big arms. Sure. So what is your like? So like, let's say somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, you know, I'm a and I don't know if you train powerlifters or not. But like, say, hey, like I got a big upper body just naturally. I work my legs like crazy. Uh, my squat is is not as good as I would want it to be. Or maybe vice versa. Like, hey, I could be an elite level powerlifter, but I can't get my bench you know, even in the 400 range, but I squat like seven, 800 pounds. What, what is your, and, and it, you know, obviously it can be said for a bodybuilder or any sport, you know, pick your, pick your poison wherever you want to put that. But like, what would be your advice as a trainer? Like if somebody came up to you and said, Hey, like I'm, you know, thinking about doing this sport, but this is my genetic deficiency. You know, you said about your delts, like, you know, just kind of gave up on it, but a different scenario. Somebody else is like, I, you know, I'm trying to compete with this. Like, how do you, how would you approach that? Yeah, man, that's a great question. And I think it really is very genetic. Like I'll give you the, not a direct example, but something that will help prove my point. 
there was a study done of distance runners, sprinters, and middle distance runners. And the ones that were sprinters tended to have stronger musculature hips. So their genetics predisposed them to have stronger muscular hips and bigger hypertrophy hips, but they had longer femurs, longer thigh bones, mm. and they had um, thinner calves. The musculature down low, uh, below their knee, was significantly sm smaller relative to their hips. And then as you progress towards middle and then um, uh, middle and then long distance running, you find it's the inverse, right? So sprinters tend to be shorter, distance runners tend to be taller, and they tend to have smaller trunks, and they tend to have um, they tend to have like this lean body where sprinters tend to be like relatively thicker and more and more uh, muscular, but their their genetics set them up like that. So it's really like, the idea of, well, should people that have that body type just go for sprinting right away? Because we know more tend to be like that, but there's always outliers, right? Yeah. But just strictly probability speaking, I think people should see what their pros and cons are. And if you're trying to pick a sport, if you're like a sophomore in high school, you need to figure out what you're doing. Or you're like a, an athlete in college, you need to like make a decision between two sports. Look at what the best people have in their sports look at like the elite d1 people or if you're in d3 look at the elite d3 people see what their limb lengths look like see what they're how they're built and look at yourself and then make an honest assessment because just talking in terms of probability like yeah you could be an outlier but good luck because you're probably not just yeah. talking about probability so yeah. go with what probably works which is what most of the best people look like if you look like that then there's probably a better chance you're going to be more successful at that sport yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a great point, and I always thought it was funny when, you know, wrestling is always in the same season as basketball, and I stopped playing basketball to wrestle. So every time I'd see a guy like five foot two, who's you know done growing, going out for the basketball team, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, stop. Yeah. Like, or they'll be like, and, and I, here I was a lot. I'm still a lofty goal kind of guy, you know. Like I'm, you know, starting my MMA career. As far as I'm concerned, like I'm gonna be the you know, world champ within the next decade. Like that's Hell just, yeah. Hell like, yeah. that's just how I think, you know, even though my wrestling career, like I thought till the bitter end that I was going to be a national champ this year. I was like, I don't care what my record is or what. So I've always been that way. I'm always going to be that way. That's how God made me. And I've pushed into it. Um, but like sometimes, but I don't think that comes from nowhere. I don't think that's like, it's really hard because I feel like somebody could say, well, yeah, you look at you, like you're, you're built like somebody that would do that. You know, like, like me and the guy that won nationals last year, like we're built exactly the same. Yeah. And so like, it's not like, so it's just tough for me to relate. Like when I was in high school, I didn't think genetics were a thing. Like I didn't think like anybody, I thought like, you know, I remember I, I heard a coach say one thing. He was like, you know, we're not going to bring a 5-2 down to a 4-2, but we can probably bring a 5-2-40 to like a 4-8 or a 4-7. I was like, what are you that's talking right. about? Like, if somebody works hard, they can get a 4-2. Like, that's just how I thought. Yeah. And I still have that. I'm just a little bit more intelligent of it. But I don't know where the balance well, is. The best people have better than average genetics and they have that mentality, I think, mm. because that's what helps drive them to be successful. Because if you don't think you can win like genuinely, then you're not, you know, you're like, you're just going to putter out, you're going to quit, mm -hmm. or you're just going to lose all the time. Yeah. So um, you definitely have better than average genetics, without a doubt. Uh, you're a strong dude, you're a D1 athlete for a reason. Um, so I think that um, 
Yeah, the genetic thing is so big. Uh, I've worked with an, the funniest thing, uh, the craziest thing I've ever seen as a trainer. So I was working with an NBA all-star in uh, Phoenix, and it's not like I was training him. It was, you know, I was just shadowing the trainer. Oh, come on, man. Don't, don't throw yourself hey, under I, the bus. <laughs> you know, I did have a couple of one-on-one sessions with him, so sure. I take credit. I say sure. I did train him because I was involved with his life for three exactly. months. But, exactly. Um, but uh, he could not do five body weight pull-ups. <laughs> this guy weighed a buck 85. Was he like six? And he was, no, he was six two. Okay. That's skinny, man. Six one, maybe. Like if you're okay, not. Okay, no, he's no, no, he was 195. Let's okay. be honest. Okay. Okay. That's not, that's not super. 195, six one. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. And this guy was just jacked to all hell. Like he was so, he looked like a bodybuilder when he took his shirt off. I'm like, hey, man, how much do you work out in season? Like, what do you do? Like, how do you, like, you know, clearly conditioning is a thing for you, but like, what do you, how much chest are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, man, I, uh, I work out for like half an hour, twice a week in the weights. And I'm like, you what? He's like, yeah. So like, what do you do? Like, what, what's going on? And what's, what's going on when you do these workouts? Yeah, he's like, well, we're probably doing like split squats. I'm like, how much weight are you using? He's like, uh, 25s. <laughs> and he, it's just he had the best genetics ever. And that's why he was not an all-star. Not saying he didn't work hard. Of course he did. Yeah. But he had the genetics to get there. I will never be an NBA all-star no matter how hard I try because I just don't have those genetics unless I were to be, you know, maybe if I had a Kobe Bryant mentality. Um, but it's also like nature versus nurture, you yeah. know, like – I think that's what shapes our mindset as well. Like me, when I grew up, my parents tried to, you know, they, frankly, they babied me. And when I was a high school, I was really lazy because of that, mm. because I didn't, I wasn't motivated because I always had everything taken care of for yeah. me. And I had to get to the point where it was like, man, sack up, you yeah. know, like, be, like just get after it, find something you love and thank God I did. Yeah. Um, but it took me, you know, finding something I was passionate about to really unlock that within myself. But I really do think like, you know, back to the point earlier, those experiences shape us into, um, into a different mindset, into a different ability to perceive things and, um, you know, change who we are, so to speak. Yeah. And here's the thing too, is like, in my experience, you know, and I've, I've been around the block a little bit in my short time on this earth, but you know, there's not too many people walking around that haven't failed at something and figure out that that was just not their thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that NBA player, like, sure. He, you know, I, and I've been around guys like that. I had a guy on my podcast recently who, who outed himself. So I can say that, you know, he didn't work out hard, but he was undefeated, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, he just, destroyed everybody d1 all-american that guy would go in the gym the weight room and just talk to the coaches and looked like a greek god and it was just like dude what the heck is going like i don't under like he looks like a like he could be a bodybuilder and he did not work out one time that whole year he did not lift one i remember he did some arm curls like once and that was it and and then like i remember we were doing sprints and he was going up and down like we were doing partner sprints up the stadiums and he he had no partner and was still going and I was just like, dude, like, what is going on? And but, you know, those guys have had something that they've come across that they couldn't do, and mm-hmm. and I think it's real easy to look at like guys like that are NBA all stars and stuff, and it's it's easy to get down on yourself. 
But it's just like, you one, we can't all do the same thing. If everybody on earth was trying to be an NBA all-star, we wouldn't have doctors, we wouldn't have lawyers, we wouldn't have any other thing than a bunch of people trying to be NBA all-stars and a few of them that were, you know? So, <laughs> that would and, be something. <laughs> and that's a, that's a, like, we're all made differently. And um, that would just be a, a, a faulty society that would, would implode on itself. But, you know, I think everybody can be the best at something, you know? Like, you can be the best you. Yeah, and here's the thing is most people aren't being the best them. You know what I mean? I mean, I think people need purpose. I think yeah. people need to find something that fires them up. Because imagine, like, I was just thinking this the other day. Like, imagine if, like, because neither of us can relate to this. Imagine you got fired from your job, a job you maybe didn't like, so you weren't super happy with your life circumstances in the first place. Now you're not getting paid. You can't even go to this job. Mm -hmm. And you're just sitting at home in your one-bedroom apartment, and you have you can't leave your house, uh, and you're just sitting there. Like, can you imagine how draining that must be? I mean, that must be awful. And there's millions of those people right now. And I just think like, imagine if they had something they were passionate about, yeah. like a hobby they were passionate about. Yeah. I think everyone can be the best, just like you said, at something. They just need to find what that is. And you're not going to find what that is unless you actually expose yourself to a lot of things. Yeah. You see, you say that and, and I've put myself in that mindset and I'm like, okay, well, what would I do? I already have like a plan. Like I already have like a, and I'm sure you do too. Like, and I think most people don't have a, like a plan or a resilience to, okay, what do I do if, if something like this yeah. goes wrong? You know, like I told my mom, like, I was like, Hey, listen, you know, I'm not getting a full-time job. I want to be a world champion MMA and I'll sleep in my car to do it. You know? And if, if they take the car away, like I'll sleep in a box. Like that's my goal. And mm -hmm. like, I will like worst case scenario, I'll be homeless. Okay. So what? Yeah. So like, that, I so, mean, so what? It's only going to be for a, a short period of time, you know? And it, that's not that's even, a, that's not even worst case scenario. Cause I have people that would like, I've already, I already know people will let me sleep on their couch. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like, and I'm not going to beg, but like there's dorms at the, at the gym. Like I have resources available. Um, and I just think, I think it's real sad that a lot of people aren't willing to, aren't willing to sleep in their car to get what they want. That's a pretty good metaphor. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was um, something you said that really reminded me of something that's really cool is there's a, a book and it's it's a, called Think and Grow Rich. It's like this, have you ever heard of it? It was written by Napoleon Hill in the Great Depression, under, okay. just after the Great Depression. And you probably haven't heard of it. It was literally written in like 1930 something. And okay. um, it's still a popular book today for a reason. It's like one of those get rich quick books, disguise uh, as that, but it's really just like an incredibly powerful book. And it talks about how there were more millionaires made in the great depression than at any point in history. And I think like, Hey, we're kind of close right now. So, yeah. uh, if this keeps going, especially so really like there is a bunch of opportunity right now, you just have to find what that is. Yeah. Um, like I'm lucky that I just have the online thing going yeah. so I can at least like survive, but, and that keeps me busy. But at the same time, like where was I going with that whole think and grow rich thing? Millionaires. Uh, oh, it says that when it comes down to like people who are very successful, mm -hmm. uh, those are the people that they literally, and I know it sounds weird, but they literally like genuinely tell themselves that 
Like the idea is that the input you put into your brain is the output of what you're going to do. So if you're constantly exposing yourself to social media and you're envious of other things going on, if you're constantly like feeding, it's like nutrition for your, for your head, uh, for your mind, mm. for, for your soul pretty much. Yeah. So if like you keep feeding it crap, you're going to output crap. And if you keep thinking bad things about yourself, you're going to output crap. Yeah. So unless you literally tell yourself. It's kind of like the uh, law of attraction. Exactly. And I think that's very powerful. Um, and I think it's a good tool to use. And I, there's a lot of people that are very successful that I've talked to that cite that book all the time. I'm like, huh, I should probably read it. Yeah. I call it the, uh, I have a, I have a term I like to use for, I, I don't know where I got this from. I think I might just say it myself, but, um, I call it the billionaire mindset. And it's like the, uh, you know, like when you see a billionaire and like the way they interact and the way they talk or the willingness that they have to do what they do. Like people are like, you work how many hours a week? You do what? Yeah. Like, why is he, why is he saying that? Like, why does he think that way? Or why does she think that way? And, but then that same person will be like, man, I wish I had the life they had and the money they have. It's like, you don't understand. The reason they have that is because they think the way that you don't like, they think that way. Yeah. And it's that, that thought process and athletes have it too. a very elite level athletes. Um, there's a guy, you know, like David Goggins is Ross Edgley's like people that'll go through like extreme, you know, things like Navy SEALs have it. Um, but it's like, I will do whatever it takes to achieve a goal. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and so I, I call it the billionaire mindset. And I think the big thing with people and with, you know, getting what you want is, is not changing. The first thing you have to change is your mental habits, like the way you think the willingness like because willingness is a choice you know like motivation's kind of crap but like determination is different yeah you know what yeah. i mean discipline like it's, it's real easy to do something you're motivated to do but when you're when you have to do it out of discipline like i think that's a lot more commendable than somebody that's motivated to do something like i've had workouts where i'm like dude i'm ready to go and those workouts go by so fast i remember one of the hardest workouts i ever had at oregon state was you know, I was deadlifted or whatever. And then the Oregon State Gymnastics team came in. And I was, uh, yeah. My time in between sets was cut down in like half. And the weight I was yeah. putting on was double. And I was just like going right. after it, you know. Right. And none, oh, of them were looking, I, none of them were looking I at me. I missed that. Yeah. But, uh, but like that's just I – mean, and that's how guys are too. It's like when girls come around, like it's just – Testosterone. You got to work. Like that's – I don't know if that's a – primal thing that we have or you know it's just like that desire to impress you know well, let me ask you this like sure it's it's easy to talk about these like ideas of you know like have discipline um yeah work really hard great like those are those are all words that are that are important and and powerful but there's people that listen to this stuff all day and like ultimately they're not going to do it. They like listening to it. Mm -hmm. uh, it motivates them for maybe a workout or a something productive, but ultimately their behavior is not changed. Mm. Why do you think that, why do you think that like in terms of like, cause that's who you're trying, you're trying to motivate people. You're yeah. trying to reach them on a level that, that matters and is meaningful. You're trying to help change people's lives positively. So like what is the disconnect between the people that listen 
and like because i think i don't know i feel like there's something innate within people and like people either have something or they don't you know like they either have that it factor of like they're gonna grind like with your mindset Mm -hmm. and it's obviously a spectrum and there's people that don't do anything and sit all day but there's also like an, an in between and most people are somewhere along that spectrum but it just seems like you meet certain people and the ones that are successful just have some sort of i can't can't even describe it but it's like some factor some energy that some people just seem to never acquire yeah you know what i mean yeah well first of all you know obviously you know it's it's easy to talk about and um you know i, I mean i just graduated college so I, I think a lot of people would hear me and be like what is this guy talking about um but you know i i first of all there's a lot of action behind what i'm saying you know i've grinded my whole life i've um you know i'm i'm not afraid to work and that's never been that's no doubt yeah so but there's a lot of people that that are afraid to grind i think well first of all i think you know my purpose and my value and my worth are not in something that can be taken away from me so somebody Mm -hmm. you know could come in here and shoot me and i would lose my legs or whatever and you know, my athletic career would be over. My purpose, my value, my worth, my my goals, my mission is still going to be the same because I'm not chasing necessarily after that. That's just a means to get to where I want to get to. You know, my mm-hmm. life is, it, me as a Christian, like my life is is based in that and and that's not going away. Like my faith and my relationship with God is not going anywhere. Um, so that's where I root my life in. And that's what, you know, as far as anybody can, in my opinion, can do that. And so, and so, and I think we're all built differently. Like I'll have conversations with people, elite level athletes that still don't think the same way as I do. And so I think there are some people that are built differently and I don't think they're wrong for thinking the way they do. And I don't think I'm wrong for being as intense as I am. I think we're all given a different mindset to do certain tasks, but I think we're all meant to be successful at something. Whether that's yeah. being the best parent in the world, being the best son, being the best NFL player, like whatever it is, like I think we're all built to be amazing at something, you know, mm-hmm. because here's the thing, like not everybody can be the best, you know, athlete in the world, but everybody can be the best dad to their children, you know, and some people are being the worst possible dad to their children and they're the only ones in the competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Um, so that's what that, I don't know if that answered your question, but I do think some people are built differently as far as mindset goes. And well, I guess I'm getting philosophical and like the idea of like changing behavior, you know, like, okay. Okay. The idea of like actually making a lasting change in terms of like, you have to change your psychology to do that sense. Well, so, okay. So yeah, I, okay. I can date back to when it's when it switched for me. So I've most of my life has been, you know, a switch flipping, like instantly, not a gradual, like all the big decisions I've made, you know, to be an MMA fighter, to go to Oregon State, to do YouTube. Um, oh, there was another one on there, but you know, all these big things that I've made decisions on have been immediate. Like the idea comes to my head, and boom, that's what we're doing. Like to. Buddy carried my brother today. That was I thought of that last week, and it was one thought that came in my head during church uh, last Sunday, and I was like, "That's what I'm doing." 
And then, you know, I did a five day fast the week before that and same type of thing. So, but I can remember where that all started and it was sophomore year of high school. And this was before I was really working hard. This was before I was really determined to get what I wanted. I had big goals and I had big dreams, but I didn't have the work ethic behind it. And, um, and I remember I got done with districts my sophomore year. My coach came up to me and he said, hey, you know, all the guys I see going to state and, you know, winning this tournament are the guys I see in the off season. And these last two years you've been in high school, I haven't seen you in the off season. And, you know, I, I think you are a hardworking kid when you're in the room. But I think if you have the goals you have, um, you need to be hardworking, you know, on on other time. And man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It wasn't as convicting as I made it just sound, but I remember like that was the switch. And it's just something like that. You never know. And I did three sports that year. I went to wrestling practice after track. I, you know, football, we'd have four hour practices and I'd be in the wrestling room wrestling with college guys. And my teammates would come up and be like, bro, you're crazy. Like, why are you in here? Like, we just had a crazy four hour practice in 100 degree heat. And I was like, yeah. dude, I'm going to be a state champ. Like, that's all there is to it. And unfortunately, I was not. I lost by one point in the state finals, but you I got was there. I was JV. I wrestled a match JV as a, as a junior. You know, like I I had a losing record as a sophomore, and I ne- I almost had a losing record on JV as a freshman. So, like for me to even make it to the state tournament my senior year, let alone be a state finalist, was like crazy. And then to be a Division One heavyweight, like that was even crazier. You know, so. How much so, are you weighing now and how much are you weighing back then? My friend, so I'll tell you my weights right now. I remember them. I remember the heaviest I weighed my freshman year was 153. The heaviest I weighed my sophomore year was about 162. My junior year, in between my junior year and senior year is when I got big. My junior year, I weighed 175 the day after state or the day of state, sorry. My senior year, I weighed 217 the day of state. Oh wow, you bulked up. Yeah. So I hit the weight room hard. What are you, six six one? Six three. Six three. Oh yeah. I haven't so, seen you in so long. Yeah. So I was about six one then, and then I got to about six three my senior year and mm-hmm. put on a lot of size. I was doing CrossFit like three days a week and then lifting and and I look at it now and I'm like, dude, I was so motivated and had so much energy and no injuries. And it was easier to train back then. Like I'm yeah. like now I have to like really assess because like it was just different back then, you know? Yeah. So I know what you mean, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So for me, it's always been like a switch that flipped. And when people, and for, as far as I go, like I'm okay having my feelings hurt if it leads to results. And I don't think a lot of people are okay with that. And I think that's a choice. And I think this is kind of the answer to the root of your question is, you know, for me, if, you know, I always ask my coaches reluctantly because I kind of don't want to know the answer if it doesn't go the way I want it to, but I'll say, am I working hard enough? You know, like yeah. what, what, especially this year, I was like, you know, I want to go in MMA and you got to work hard or you're going to get kicked in the head and, you know, have brain damage. And I said, do I work hard enough to compete at that level? Like, do I, do you, what do I need to change as far as, cause if I lose and it's just talent, I'm okay with that. But if I lose and somebody outworked me, that bothers the hell out of me. Like, I hate being outworked. Like, if somebody says that guy outworked you, dude, it it will eat at me. If somebody says that guy's just better, okay, 
but he's better because he outworked you. That eats at my soul. Because I can control Were you that. raised that way? Were you raised like your parents instilled that in you? I, th- I mean, my dad's a really hard worker and my mom works hard. Um, like, where do you think that came from in terms of like what you were exposed to? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't say it's nurture there. Mm. I, I wouldn't say like. Say it's more of a genetic factor. Maybe, or just a decision over, decisions over time. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, something would have led you like there. I guess I'm trying to see if there was like a progression to where you. Yeah. Uh, well, I think there's a build up to that moment sure. and then you made that switch. Yeah. But there was always a build up. It didn't happen for no reason. Yeah. Well, I, I think we have control over our decisions. And I think I just made a decision. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think, you know, whether or not somebody leads you to that. I mean, there's people that go completely opposite of where their parents led them, you know, and, you know, some people go exactly yeah. the same path. And, um, you know, you see the rags to riches stories, like, you know, some kids, you know, are grow up in a poor family and they become rich just because they saw what didn't work or, you know, they didn't want. So it, it's, it's really hard to, to say where that comes from. Um, obviously my parents have an influence on that, but I just think there's something in me that I don't like losing and, and I, and I don't like being outworked and I, I really, uh, I think that's just been small decisions over time that now if you look at it is really intense. But at the time, you know, five years ago, I couldn't really articulate it as well. Mm. So, um, but Makes yeah, as, as far as like, you know, cause I've never seen my dad, like he goes to the office. I don't see him work, you know? Um, yeah. And you know, my mom's a stay at home mom. So it's not like I see that, like, that's just the norm. You know, it's not like I see um, the fruits there. So, and I didn't have like an older brother or anything like that. Um, I have a younger brother that had I not gotten tough, like would have started beating me up. So maybe that helped. <laughs> but what about you? Do you have siblings? I have an older brother. Yeah. Um, he's the opposite of me, polar opposite, but really? uh, it's good. It's good to have someone that, you know, is blood that shares a completely different perspective than you. Like yeah. he does. He's a rocket scientist. Wow. I know. I yeah. thought you were smart. <laughs> no, no, he's on a whole nother level. Yeah. I don't know if like that rocket that launched up in the air and then landed on the pad. I don't know if you ever heard about that. It where? And like just like at NASA? You know where like lo- like rocket launched up into space and then like the first stage came back and landed on a pad in the ocean? You didn't hear about that? I've never heard about yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of people haven't. Oh. But yeah, he he was like on that. That's like what he does. Wow. It's just like does he work at NASA? Many people do that. SpaceX. Oh, even better. That's the next. Uh, that's gonna take over for sure. Yeah. Elon's oh, crazy yeah. man. He's got the. He is a. There was a out here in in SoCal. Like I think last year, or maybe the year before, there was one of his SpaceX rockets like just kind of hovering, and people yeah. were like, it was at night too, so you couldn't tell what it was. And I was like, what the hell is that? everybody's like <laughs> freaking out bro and, you, then it, and then it just like took off i think and everybody was like and we were like looking it up we we're like what was that like and and they said it was uh one of the spacex rockets but you wouldn't know anybody you think it's a ufo i dude it was weird i've seen some i've seen some weird videos there's some from my hometown in missouri that people were posting like did anybody else see this and it was like a light just kind of hovering and then went so I'm not I'm not a I don't believe in uh, aliens, but uh, but 
I mean, there's some weird stuff out there. There's some weird stuff. Have you heard about this thing in Oregon? It's like the, uh, it's like in the in, in the redwood forest or whatever. But like the, my buddy was telling me about it when we went to the coast last weekend. I guess like, there's places where like you'll be lighter or shorter. Like the polaric density. There's something. It's like some almost like a glitch in the matrix. He was telling. I me feel about, like I have heard of that before. I was like, maybe like once it rings a bell, but I don't know where that would be. I I can't remember. I, he never sent it to me. I'll have to look it up. We'll, I'll bring it up some other time, but yeah, it's weird. He was telling me like some, like you'll literally like there's videos of people like, like a having a ruler or something and like, it just curves in midair. Like it, I was like, real. I was like, Jackson, are you high right now? <laughs> like we've been. Like, That's crazy, man. And I was, I feel like, why isn't that all over the place? I was like, why like, is this not the biggest thing? And and I was like, this must be like a, like a uh, like a starting of a black hole, like a, a early black hole or something. Because like, like that doesn't even. I I'd have to look into it. I we'll do. I'll I get, have no idea what the science behind that is. Yeah, something with gravity, I'm assuming. Something. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Interstellar? Hell yeah. It's a great movie. Love that movie. That was a good movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't really like the end, but it kind of ties into that. But yeah, that it's it's weird. So, mm-hmm. but um. But yeah, man. Hey, dude, I uh, I appreciate you doing this, man. This of course, is, man. This is a fun I appreciate one. you having me on. This is a fun one. I think this is the most intelligent one we've had. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. it happens. That's why I have different people on different For conversations. Sure. Well, man, um, plug your stuff. How's your How's your podcast going? Where can people find you? What's uh, you know? So you can find me uh, on Instagram and Twitter at the same handle, Connor, like Connor McGrader, C-O-N-O-R underscore Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S underscore after that. Uh, my website is thepinnacleperformance.com. Um, if you're interested in the things I have to talk about, I offer online training. Uh, if you're a strength coach or personal trainer, I don't know how many listen to this podcast, but if you are, I offer coaching consultations as well. And uh, yeah, I just try to put out a lot of good information. Cool. And then I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, the pinnacle performance. Yeah. So, um, you guys, if you're more interested in, in depth of what we talked about a little bit, you should definitely go check that out. It's just pinnacle mm-hmm. performance, right? With Connor. The, uh, yeah. The pinnacle performance podcast. I have a ton of really interesting and really smart guests on there. We talk about, we go and we deep dive on some nerd stuff and it's a good time. It's good, man. I, li- I, I listened to it. It was very good. I was like, dang, man. Like, Two of my buddies, I started listening to yours, and then another buddy, Josh, is podcast. And I was like, "Man, I've been doing this longer, and they're way better. I don't know what's going on." But, yeah, so, you'll get there, man. So, uh, how many episodes have you done? So, this will be twenty-four. Yeah, that's not that much. So you're still figuring it out. So, all right, brother. Well, I appreciate you, man. Hey, I'm super. Uh, I'm super excited to get back up to Portland when the gym's open and and start working with oh, you. Oh yeah. So I'm excited, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. How many fighters do you train? Do you train any fighters? I've trained probably a couple dozen in the past. Okay. None right now. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. Well, hey, man, you got a world champ coming in. So hell yeah. Let's get after it, man. All right, brother. I love you, man. Have a good one. All right. Hey, you too, Christian. Easter. Appreciate you, man. What's that? Oh, happy, you as well. Yeah. Happy Easter, buddy. See you later. Alrighty guys, well I hope you enjoyed that podcast, I hope you got something out of it, I really don't see how you could listen to that and not get something out of it, Um, whether it was comedic relief or just pure information in general, Um, yeah, I I enjoyed that podcast, I think definitely the most intelligent one, but I want to be doing some more like that, you know, I want to be doing uh, informative podcasts uh, where people can come on and 
you know, ask them questions about what's going on and what they think and, you know, people that are experienced. So if you know anybody that maybe fits that category, um, you know, shoot them, uh, shoot me their info and I'll see if I can get in touch with them. But, uh, but yeah, I enjoyed this podcast a lot. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, like I said before, make sure you share this podcast. If you enjoyed it, uh, if you have not yet, guys, you can get 15% off ActoWare. ActoWare is a great sport brand company, um, clothing brand. They have amazingly comfortable clothing, shirts, shorts, you name it. They got it. Um, a lot like a Lululemon, but uh, just a little bit newer. So they're big up and coming company. You can get 15% off there. Click in the link in the bio. And uh, also, if you use the promo code Barbell Robertson with a capital B, you can get 15% off. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I hope you guys had an amazing Easter. I hope you guys are staying safe, staying home, staying healthy, staying in prayer, staying in your word. But guys, I think we're done here.